0: Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will?
1: Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening?
0: Doing fine. It's February.
1: It is February. Yeah, we had Super Bowl earlier this week. We have the Oscars. I did. It is this upcoming Sunday night.
0: <laughs> You're just very on top of it. Tell me I, more. I'm, I'm
1: trying. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Uh, yeah, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to win Best Actor. of Health there? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I go back and forth on it. I'm. I'm like at a point of 99% sure he's going to win. But I think about last year, and I think about how everyone and she was winning all the awards leading up to it, there was no indication that Glenn Close would not win for best actress. Mm -hmm. And then you know what happened? Olivia Colman won for best
1: actress. Yeah, that's true. That's
0: true. And I feel like if you look back at Oscar history, out of the four major actor and actresses categories, there is always one surprise, the rest consistent. But they always manage to do this weird thing where somebody wins over it because they want surprise. Yeah. So, so there, there is a chance of Adam Driver taking it. Yeah. I, think- I don't think so just because of the momentum. But I also wouldn't be like, oh, my God, what just happened? I'd be like, yeah, all right. So there's yeah. a friend. The,
1: the true surprise would be if Laura Dern does not win. For was best best actress or best supporting. No, yeah, supporting. She's yeah, supporting.
0: Yeah. Which I still it, it bothers me. It really does. Because and I'm sorry, I love Laura Dern. She is winning an award not just for marriage story though. She's also winning for Big Little Lies. Because you take both of those characters, it's the same freaking character. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she is barely in marriage story. So I just it really kind of frustrates me, especially considering how everyone who's seen Bombshell raves about Charlize Theron.
1: Yeah, yeah. My wife seen, saw it, and uh, yeah, she, she was really... She never goes on and on about the performance, but she really did uh, with her particular portrayal. Yeah.
0: So I just... I don't... I Sometimes with this Oscar stuff... It is about legacy. It is about a portfolio. And and that's why it's really rare. For somebody to have a breakout moment. And then get the Oscar on top of it. Is because there are some people. That it's the old favorites. And we want to. I am also very shocked by Brad Pitt. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I still haven't seen the movie. Um, Shoot me now. I guess. Because I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan. So. So I I don't have any intentions of seeing that movie, but the fact that he suddenly came out of nowhere and is starting to do all of the award sweeps for Best Supporting Actor, True. that's really... That, and, and, in a, and it's weird, because I just had a rant about Laura Durham and the legacy and everything, but for him, I'm like, well, finally Brad gets something. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not... It's weird. Brad Pitt is a really big movie star. He is. Granted, if you look at his movie, his, his portfolio, he actually is in a lot of low... Arguably low-budget movies. He's not an action hero like Tom Cruise, and yet his work never really gets recognized in that limelight like a Leonardo DiCaprio. So, so it's very this year's nominations is very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is very true. And you know, I really didn't think about that with Brad Pitt because he is such a constant presence. But you're right; he doesn't get that same similar acclaim that Leonardo does even though he he does take on some very challenging roles and, and some very and 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 roles that stretch himself as an actor he doesn't yeah. you know he's not you know you know you can basically in and out this point in, in Tom Cruise's career say you know he's he's got an action guy he's taken up that I guess he's the 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 modern Stallone Schwarzenegger type of yeah. you know definitely that's that's definitely. his genre and, but, but with Pitt, he, you know, he could go from action to comedy, to drama, to whatever. And you're right. He, I don't think he gets the, the full acclaim, uh, that he, that he deserves.
0: Yeah. No, Tom Cruise also made the eighties in a way you can make that argument. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt came out full swing in the nineties. And there was a range because, um, snatch, which I believe was 99, so. um, and then Fight Club. Like, those are very different roles.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and it's the same person. So it's just... It's, it, I'm I'm glad you told me that the Oscars are this weekend because I'm very curious to see how this all plays out, as I am every year. I don't know if I'll be watching it or if I'll just be responding on Twitter. I don't know, but we do have to move on because stuff did happen, Will. Stop yeah. holding us up.
1: Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> Also, we during pre-show we were talking about the Super Bowl and how we both watched the Chiefs win because they were the better team, not because of refs being paid. But that will be soon found. <laughs> <laughs> um, and during the Super Bowl, there were of course some trailers. I really liked the Disney Plus. I'm not I'm not calling it the Marvel trailer, but Disney Plus basically. Hey, Marvel fans, this is what we have in store for you. What I found very funny is that my brothers were watching the game with me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that trailer aired, they commented they had no idea what was that was for. And I'm just like, yep, what? there are people who follow the movies and yet still don't understand Disney Plus platform and the fact that Marvel is releasing these TV shows.
1: That's very interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, cause this week also speaking of Disney plus, we, we, we got subscriber numbers and I think they were north of 27 million subscribers. So I mean, they, they did really well and people are staying with the platform. So
0: I haven't canceled mine and I haven't used it ever since the last episode of Mandalorian. So I,
1: yeah, I'm sticking with it too. I mean, I've, Watched a couple, you know, I did get into Jeff Goldblum and a couple other uh, programs on the platform, but uh, yeah. But getting back to your point about Marvel, that's very interesting. That um, people who who follow the films are not as aware of some of the upcoming programs on the platform.
0: Yeah, and actually, I I think I don't think it's as interesting because we we are so wrapped up in following the news and making sure we understand and we even listen to other people talk about this stuff that we're right. in the zeitgeist of it right. that you it takes for a comment to hear a comment like that it reminds you no there are people <laughs> There are other, these other people. I don't know if you've met them who actually do not follow that closely. They're, they are obsessed with other things, Mm -hmm. um, like football. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so it's, it's very different for them. And I will say, arguably Disney plus has never really advertised that much. I mean, that was the first time that I really remember sitting down and being like, bam, this is coming. Um, to the TV and it's just like, oh yeah, that that is a thing. So I, I I totally get where they were coming from. I thought it was interesting. And I now I'm really upset, Well, because on the rundown you put the release dates. Yeah. And I didn't realize I had to wait until August to get my first dose of this Marvel goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First dose of the new Marvel TV goodness, Falcon and Winter Soldiers, August. And and then WandaVision got moved up but uh, from its original release date, but only up to December. So,
0: <laughs> uh, You know what? Fine. Yeah. If, if, if that is before next year, I am yeah. going to be fine with that. Yeah. Plus, there is always weird hiatus seasoning happening in yeah. December. And I am so, I do have to say, WandaVision really stood out in that trailer.
1: It did. It did. I, you know, because whenever it was first talked about uh, and had the first release of information that uh, Comic-Con, it was, you know, we, we got the photo of them sitting on the couch, kind of Ozzy and Harriet God, and Dylan, and, but that was it. I seeing mm-hmm. the trailer. And seeing the black and white, and just her, you know the baby bump, and all that—it was just wow. I'm really, really excited for for this, and also the potential for it as it leads. If it could, if the story is going to lead into Doctor Strange and the yeah. Multiverse of Madness, then that I, you know, that even makes me more excited for for that film, especially given the news that Sam Raimi might be directing it.
0: That that is exactly why I'm excited. When they made that announcement at Comic-Con, I really was like, okay, ding, ding, ding. I want to watch that show. I want to see that movie. I had no interest in either one prior to that news. But Mm -hmm. now that I see the visuals, and something that somebody pointed out that I never thought about before, no matter how many times I've seen that movie, is that when when the stone gets pulled from vision, he turns into black and white.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so this idea that they are really going to be exposing the madness that is in Wanda and how and her powers and how it can be destruct, self-destructive and um, but it can also be really endearing, it's all set in this kind of pleasantville happy normal life Mm -hmm. and in black and white and 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 i like that because it just takes me back to a really good movie if you haven't seen it pleasantville where where those characters get trapped in the 1950s in a tv show and then as they introduce quote-unquote sin into that world things start to become colorful Mm -hmm. Um, because you breathe life into it because it's multidimensional. So I, I never put that together. And then when I heard someone say that, I was like, Oh, wow. That takes the show to another level.
1: Yeah. I haven't heard that before until you just explained that. And, and I, and now I'm really excited for it because I, that that's probably the perfect analogy for that trailer. It it is Pleasantville. Mm and, and, yeah that yeah that okay december get here
0: <laughs> yeah i know yeah. it's it's kind of like what we were thinking about last year like when is mandalorian coming back and now it's like okay i want wandavision yeah. um because they if if done right now granted high expectations has never paid off for me
2: <laughs> <laughs> true. but you have
0: we have what ten months to lower those expectations and yes. be distracted by other shiny objects like Loki and Winter Soldier and Falcon and all of that, which which looked fine in the trailers.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. it I also
0: mean, looked status quo.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I'm looking forward to it just because it'll help. You know, it, it, again, August is that kind of doldrums as far as television, and so I'm glad that. Oh, I got something to to close out the summer with, and but it did very feel very like okay, this is just a continuation of the status quo as you said from the from the film universe. Right. So so I hope I'm sure they will add some twists and turns to it, but uh, it, it at least an in initial trailer that that's what I got the vibe I got as well.
0: Right. And and now there's also momentum because Sam Raimi is in talks to direct Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I know a lot of people were sad to see the, um, Scott Derrickson mm-hmm. leave the project. Um, yet, if you're going to have him leave and you're going to replace him with a director who's, I don't know, 99.9% Insured to win the Oscar this year for Best Directing, I think that's a fine trade.
1: That's a very that's a very good trade. And also, <laughs> it's a it's. A, I was reading an article about how uh, I think it was a Collider article how this if Rami does indeed come aboard on the MCU, it's it's a shift of them, you know, going to a more established director. Yeah. A, a, and because, I mean, other than Joss Whedon and Joe Johnston, who both didn't come back after directing MCU films, they really have gone down and really developed and, and built people. Uh, when you look at the Russo brothers and Taika Wakiti and others, uh, this you know this is a big big deal if they do get Sam Raimi to come in and and direct direct this film. So. But I'm excited about it. I I still I was getting into some Twitter conversations with folks about are you excited about Sam's coming on possibly coming on board and you know, other than Spider Man three, which we all agree was bad, uh you know, you got you know it's evil dead. I mean, come on, it's Sam F and Raimi. Raimi. So He's and, a
0: very interesting filmmaker because yeah. He does both. He does the Mm highbrow, and he does popcorn entertainment. And I think what's interesting is a, he wants to do this.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That says a lot. It always, those directors and what you were talking about, how Marvel took this turn. Well, also maybe they couldn't find anybody who was of like a higher caliber to really, want to do it because nine times out of ten those filmmakers also enjoy writing right. and if they don't have a say in the script then there's always problems so i i think i think it's very interesting that sam wants to do that it also it also speaks a lot that he he he's done his comic book trilogy mm-hmm. he, he's played that game before and yeah. then he walked away from it. And so for him to come back. Well wh- what is it? And I think I've seen 1917. I have my issues with that movie. But. If that's a precursor. To what he'll do with Doctor Strange. I'm very curious. To see his approach. To this character. To the story. And to how he's going to. Visually present it. And bring it to life. You right,
1: know. right. Yeah, and, and to your point about taking chances, other than the other film that he did recently Oz is Oz the Great and Powerful. So he's also, you know, he steps his toe into that Disney Disney World, so he, he's used to being part of the big studio system.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in other news, Doom Patrol casts Abigail Shapiro as Dorothy, the chief's daughter. Do we have a release date yet for Doom Patrol season no. two?
1: No release date, sometime in 2020. But beyond that, uh, this character, this actress, is uh, pretty, pretty newcomer. I was checking out her, her inter- internet movie database profile, and she's pretty much only been in like two roles. And 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 she's coming from a theater background. She's 19, of course, the chief's daughter. Uh, Dorothy Spinner was only 11, but. And we only saw a glimpse of her, not even her face, in the in the sea, sea, season finale of Doom Patrol season one. But you know, I'm excited about the potential for for this, given that uh, Dorothy's powers is basically uh, making imaginary friends, and because of her her history of her facial deformities, not being able to. Uh, you know, have a "quote unquote" normal childhood. So,
0: well, stop spoiling it. Stop spoiling
1: it. I'm just setting up. Yes, it is.
0: Yes, it is.
1: That's not spoiling. That's just her powers.
0: It, and <laughs> it's spoiling because, and and I can't stress this enough. If you're if you're new to listening to this podcast, or if if you just haven't been constant, we haven't talked Doom Patrol in a while. Doom Patrol is still, despite Watchmen. I Doom Patrol has like two of my favorite episodes of TV of all time. You you have the bottle episode, the group therapy episode, yep. and then you have the one where they go into the underground. Ground and man, the directors who directed those two episodes—that's who Marvel should also be looking at and oh. eyeing the steal for their properties because it's not just how those episodes were written, but the way they were directed. Yes, elevated yes. that material so much.
1: So yeah, so my, and I was I was talking with someone about that too. Uh, it, you know, we think about Danny the Street, mm-hmm. and and how you they, they took this uh, literally a, a street, a town, and like made it believable that this town was alive. <laughs> I mean, it's just the direction and and with making the characters play off of that. I mean it's just an amazing show and I can't wait for it to, to get back. but unfortunately we st- I guess I guess the HBO service launches in May, so I guess we'll we'll probably be getting some firmer dates either around that time, if not sooner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. but it, again, if you haven't seen it, please check it out. It is worth looking at and re-watching. But in other news at long last, at long last, I no longer have to ask Will when the heck Picard is going to drop. <laughs> I know he's been waiting for the time when, when he can say, it's finally here. We can actually watch it, Sarah. <laughs> and you know what? For all you people who know that I disregard Star Trek, I watched both episodes. Okay, I have the CBS All Access pass now. I am in it. Did I understand everything that was happening? Hell no, That's
1: hell okay. no. <laughs> I, I I feel like I. You know what? Just because you said that you you enjoyed and you're stepping your you have jumped into the Star Trek universe, I will watch Battlestar Galactica for you.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Oh my. You, you not do not toy with me. You I'm have promised with, me billions I, before. You have promised me. I, I
1: have watched billions. I just don't have showtime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk more about that after after the show. <laughs> but but anyways, so Picard did drop last week. Um, we are catching up on it due to some scheduling. Uh, and just trying to make sure we stay on track. But we're going to talk about both episodes, both the pilot and the second episode. Where I want to start with the pilot is, and you know this about me, well, I, nine times out of ten, will always hate the pilot because they never do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's always exactly the trailer. I actually really like this pilot. I do. I liked it because it felt... A for some reason even though I liked the trailer I couldn't remember half of the stuff that happened in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So so everything felt new and felt fresh. Mm-hmm. I loved the opening setup with with Picard and Data playing chess. I knew it was a dream sequence, yes. but what they were saying worked perfectly for the rest of the episode and to really launch this first season mystery. Mm-hmm. And and I liked the background of as you're trying to figure out where Picard is in terms of his life, in terms of who he is now and where the last time people saw him, um, you're also getting the history of Starfleet. You're getting the history of everything that happened because there's been some major events.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it was a really good pilot. And um, to the point where um, Deja... And the actress who plays Deja, at one point, I was like, well, here's their next action hero because she's <laughs> just kicking butt. And then they kill her. Spoiler alert. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> but then <laughs> it was like this weird thing of like, oh, I, I get what we're doing. This is totally Logan all over again. Oh, wait, they killed her. Oh, she has a twin. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Weep <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Will? This is your okay. same.
1: So, so anybody who, who who follows me on Twitter or or listen to our podcast knows. Any chance I get to drop the Star Trek reference, I do. So, uh, I love this. I love the palette. It, like you said, it was very clear as far as laying out where we're going, but also where we've been. And there was a short trek, so one of the things that uh, they've been doing with the Star Trek uh, franchise on the CBS All Access is in between seasons they've been doing these little mini-episodes. Uh, most of them are like 10 minutes or less, it's called short tracks. And the very last one was that led into Picard and the, the situation on Mars. And I don't want to spoil it, too much, but go watch, go watch the the short Trek. It does tie into the pilot and the second episode very closely. But, you know, when I saw the Enterprise D on screen, you know, and I saw that in the trailer, so I was wondering how they're going to work that into... I figured it was a flashback sequence or something like that, but actually they made it a dream sequence, which was even more powerful. Of him, Picard, and Data playing a game, sitting there in 10 Ford, Uh, you know, the comment part of the card doesn't want the game to be over. So, you know, it was it was very like heartfelt because you know that data died in the very last feature film with the original, with the next generation cast. Right. Right. So you know, so it was like just amazing to see these two on the screen together again. And also what I really liked about it was after that dream sequence, Picard woke up and they did this twi- a couple times in the pilot where he had like a sanity check. If you, right. with the waking up and opening the open up the curtains and stuff. And it was, it, it really ties into something that is, is picked up in the second episode, which we'll talk about here in a second. But um, I, I liked that too, because, you know, we, we see John Luke, who's hero of Starfleet and hero of the galaxy, uh, basically on his vineyards again and basically trying to find his place in, in this new world and in, 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 in the pilot, they talk about how, right. you know, how Starfleet has withdrawn. And, and that was one of the big things that led Patrick Stewart back to the role, which was to bring starfleet and star trek up to the present day to deal with the issues of like brexit and other things and that's you know star trek's always done that and so see you
0: know, so. It's, it's interesting because i didn't read too much into the politics honestly mm-hmm. i really liked how, where they placed picard because i don't know if you've are aware about this big Martin Scorsese film that was just released, where they took a bunch of, I'm sorry, old actors mm-hmm. and tried to make them gangsters and all young again using CGI, and everyone's called foul. And yeah. and the, the the show very smartly didn't do that. It did. Hard he he is not young. I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, and they, and they they acknowledged that in the show which I loved. I mean, yeah. he's a 90 plus year old man at this point and and they didn't hide he from was that.
0: So used to being mm-hmm. the explorer, being yeah. the adventure, being the person who's on a mission, who has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And that was literally all blown to pieces and now he is benched. And now he also he's just not physically and like you were alluding to before mentally able to be that same person and so there's an identity crisis mm-hmm. and then he encounters deja which which sparks this this adventure and this like mystery that that he's used to yep. and so So there's a lot of different ways for them, just in terms of the psychology of Picard and where he is at this point in his life. You can play into issues in terms of retirement, but also PTSD. You can play into what that life does, how that life takes a toll on a person, both mentally and physically, and where that puts them. There's so many parallels just from a human character point of view.
1: Yeah, the PTSD. I'm glad you brought that up because the the interview was, you know, for, for the whole for the whole galaxy to see the, PT, you know, Picard dealing with the post traumatic, implicit stress of of the Romulan supernova,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 also and the decisions that, you know, as the reporter was, you know, challenging him on why he why he left Starfleet and and Everything and you know, his, you know, and I just love the way Patrick Stewart, you know, just the brilliance of that character, of his acting, and and was full full display how he was like, you know, Sal Picard tenses up and the, the 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 physical manifestations of as you mentioned the PTSD that he was having because of that event.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah. and 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 then also the choice, you know, and then of course the, the historical parallels that that you know she was calling it one thing, but he was like, no, 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 this is more like Dunkirk.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was funny. I uh, I mentioned to that to my dad because my dad is obsessed with that movie. <laughs> <He> <laughs> loved, I swear, he he hated 1917, but and he kept comparing it to Dunkirk, and it's just so funny to me. But but I like that too. I like how they did it very smartly. Where this is a science fiction show, always has, always will be but they made sure to drop references like Dunkirk throughout the episode so you could also ground the material yes, yes we're talking about mars we're talking about a big incident on mars there's there's aliens all over the place and everything but this is still earth right it still has that history these are still humans so that was very important and very smartly to, to incorporate that into the dialogue.
1: Right, and mention this, speaking of science fiction, it was also a, an acknowledgement of the, the expansiveness of the Star Trek universe, because the Romulan supernova is actually what trick and the and the relocation of the refugees from Romulus play into. You know, that incident actually is very critical in, in splitting up the Star Trek timeline. So mm-hmm. that. that you know, you have the Kelvin timeline, which you have Chris Pine as Quinto's younger sure. folks. But mm-hmm. also, you know, they still acknowledge that event as a focal point for Federation history and, and moving forward into in Picard's prime universe, which, which was very smart how they interwoven uh, the, the, the recent iterations of Star Trek into the show.
0: Man, Will, I don't know how you're going to survive this season talking with me because you like, there's one point where we're on the same page, and then you just go to this other point, and I'm like, huh, I really wish I could climb that mountain with you. I'm just too tired.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. I, I will give you. I will give you a cheat sheet of episodes to watch. That, that way,
0: that's you can, not true. you're going to find <laughs> yourself some good guest hosts to come on
1: and, just, <laughs> and check out. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I enjoy. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mansplain or Star Trek explain too much. But I just had to. That, I just wanted. I couldn't. It wouldn't be a fair re- recap of of the pilot episode not to to make that point about the the focal point in, in the Star Trek history here.
0: Yes. No, I I agree. Explaining all of that history and making me feel like I have to get out a dictionary about Romulan culture, yeah, yeah, that that's that's fair reviewing for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but actually, but the second episode, I think that's a good. I think that's speaking of Romulan history. I think they did a good job in the second episode for non-Star Trek fans to, mm. to really bring to bring you up to speed as far as the, the mm. secret police. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't, I disagree, sir.
1: Okay.
0: I, Fair enough. Okay. I, I got lost in the second episode. I, I kind of, I didn't fall asleep. I didn't skip, well, scout <laughs> someone. Or I did none of my normal habits when I don't like something or when I'm just checked out of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like what was going on with me that day when I sat down to watch it or something or if I was distracted. Yeah but there was there was something about the second episode where hmm, i wasn't as interested in fully understanding a lot of the historical a lot of the exposition i'll say that they yeah. were trying to put out there. Because I couldn't help but see all of these tropes. You know.
2: Yeah, Towards the a-
0: end of the pilot. It got a bit tropey with. Oh there's a twin. And oh she just so happens to meet this hot Romulan. Who's FYI evil. Because hot people are always evil. It's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, and
0: then and then they. And it kind of. I, I kind of figured out. That the. the um, synthetic life forms. They, they got hacked in a way, and yeah. I think the Romulans are connected to that. It, it yeah. felt very what they were trying to explain. So, so it kind of got to a place of predictability. And of course, of course, Picard, like, what are you thinking? You're gonna go on this crazy mission and think that you're gonna get the clear from Starfleet? Really? <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. And 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 to be fair, one of the things that when it, watching the episode, the, I know exactly where you're talking about where you got lost. It was a lot of techno babble, whatever, oh and and that's 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 the blessing and the curse of Star Trek. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I love the show, and all, oh, but if you're if you're not a trekker, then and, and they start spouting all the techno babble and stuff, and even as a trekker, there's times for just like. Lay off the techno babble. That's you know they didn't do all that shit back in the '60s. They didn't have to. <laughs> Just lay, you know that that it, it it did slow down the momentum in that scene where they were discussing about the Talshiar and then the secret, secret, secret Talshiar. <laughs> I can't remember the uh, the I can't remember the name of the um, super secret police behind the secret police.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, hey, I didn't even remember those being mentioned. I mean um, I remember all the history about the Romulans and how there's this other culture yeah. who who like inherently despises synthetic life yeah. forms. And you know, there's a part of that which I really appreciated because yeah. there because hmm, how do I put it? It's it's interesting to choose mm-hmm. to have the the synthetic life forms, the 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 debate that's going on. And, and it's the thing that Picard, because of his, his history with data and, and him data, data, um, sacrificing himself, there there's guilt there. And there's also, so for Picard, this is a redemption mission almost. And this is, this is for him and his beliefs and. To be set up against the Romulans and find out there is this culture and there is this long history, if you look closely, of despising thin- synthetic life forms. We still don't know exactly why. It's interesting because it's not, I think we only get it because Data is one of the most recognizable characters in Star, Star Trek history. Mm-hmm. i'm not a big trekkie we all know this and yet i know who data is
1: yeah i mean it's like data and spock yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. and spock interchange them but and i also know he's not human Mm -hmm. and yet they're they're choosing a race that's not human to get a lot of empathy for yeah and And i think that's really interesting
1: yeah yeah and it it ties back you know and you know the, the the throughout both the the first and second episode, there was a lot of discussion about Bruce Maddox, and uh, the, the, the Bruce Maddox was a character from the second season who wanted to actually build an army of Datas, and so so
0: he club.
1: yeah so he so he's a very so basically you know to your point about Picard and Picard and Data's connection. Picard basically had to prove data sentience and as a sentient being to basically keep that from happening. But we fast forward to, to Picard now, and, and we see that actually Starfleet ended up building a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of synths who did get hacked. And so, there is like, you know, it, I'm glad that they did that as far as bringing that story forward from the TV, sh- the original. Next Generation episodes, because you know, there was those philosophical discussions about, you know, these army of synthetic beings that could do these dangerous things, could do the dangerous missions and do become worker bees and whatnot. And, you know, and and now you see the, the ramifications of that, them getting hacked and destroying Mars. So, um, and then, of course, the Romulan side of it with their tremendous despise of tech. So, uh, there, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, for right. for them to to carry forward with with this Bruce Maddox character who 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 may have done like Data's creator and just gone off to become a recluse somewhere who you know, that people don't know um, where if he's going to be like show up again or 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 not so we shall see
0: oh he's going to show up they yeah. they've mentioned him once you mention somebody three times yeah. they're going to show up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. three times they're gonna they're a thing they're they're a thing
2: yeah
0: um, but yeah, i mean i um it, it is an intriguing mystery of who maddox is, where he comes from, um why he is so um removed from everything else and what he has been doing. And and also is there a grudge between him and the Romulan culture that is now trying to wipe out these um new I don't know sleeper synths? I don't I don't know if that makes sense, whatever yeah. you call them. Yeah. Because um he is creating them. He he's still playing God and and there's some religious things you can get into with that and mm-hmm. the idea that And maybe that's why they chose to go that route beyond Data just being such a recognizable character. Is is it okay for somebody to create these life forms that are superior and almost godlike? I mean, when we talk about superhero shows, and we're going to get to one in a moment... There's always that debate of if you have those powers and those abilities, you're at an advantage over all of quote unquote, normal human life. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> And sweet. on one hand, it can be helpful and it can be safe. But on the other hand, swip, um, switch of a flip or in this case you just get hacked and then you can wipe out an entire population.
1: Right. Right. And, and you can wipe out a whole population and the, and to, speaking to the hack, you know, given that the Romulans at that reclamation center found that Bo- the Borg cube, which is again another very critical race in, in Star Trek and Star Trek lore, and seeing them deconstruct the the, the Borgs and, and getting them back to, I guess, quote unquote, normal humanoids, not you know cybernetic beings, you know, how is you know is there a connection between the sense and what happened in, with the incident on Mars and the Romulans, you know, with this big reclamation center with these, with these, the Borg, or is it, or, or is it carrying forward some of the very things that they have been t- touched on in this series so far, which is this, this great, uh, this, this, uh, hatred of, of artificial life forms or even enhancements and playing God that the Borg were trying to do, Uh and, and creating these, you know, expanding the, expanding the collective.
0: Exactly. Well, we, we, do you know how long, how many episodes the season is?
1: It's a 10 episode season.
0: Okay. So two down, eight more to go. Yep. Um, again, I'm on board. I I prefer the first episode over the second episode. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I would I'm
0: agree. also, um, I, I'm not, I'm not mad that Will is forcing me to watch this.
1: So good,
0: <laughs> good news,
1: good news. Hey, I consider that so. I consider that a win. Uh, I, won, <laughs> I won the week. Hey.
0: <laughs> now, now we're gonna switch gears back and go back to our regular programming. Arrowverse continues despite Oliver Queen being dead and also my favorite shows or one of my favorite shows not airing this week because of freaking hiatus season it was just getting interesting but The Flash is back clearly you know for the last two weeks you and I have been talking about post-crisis mm-hmm. a lot of discussions And at some points, we were commenting that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see Barry and his new reality following Oliver's death. The episode wasn't bad. I wasn't blown away. It really did feel like an episode you would get at the very start of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost to the point where (laughs) I didn't realize this, but... Essentially, and we all know this trope from The Flash, we've seen multiple series where they take a big event and then suddenly you have all these metahumans from that event or all of these doppelgangers running around and that allows you to have like um, five episodes with a villain of the week. And of course, they're going to use post-crisis or the fact that there's one Earth Prime now as a launching pad to get their Villains of the Week. <laughs> Cisco even made a card collection out of yeah. the Villains of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of like, okay, Flash, are, are you new and different? Or is are we just setting ourselves for some of the same? I'm, I'm still mixed because, again, it's not a bad episode. I've seen bad episodes of Flash. This is not one of them. This is
1: not one of them, yeah.
0: At the same time, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, dying for the next episode.
1: I hear you. I see, this to me was like, you know how, like, we, speaking of Arrow, how you had 7A, which was so phenomenal, and 7B was like, eh.
0: Oh yeah, I
1: remember. So I oh. think I so I'm having that feeling now, but in reverse. Where six A of the Flash was like okay, the show got back on, you know, sort of got back its footing back after two seasons of just you know, subpar seasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was so bad. I honestly had no idea what Iris and everyone was talking about for at least the first twenty minutes of the episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but six B of the Flash, and I, and I like the way Eric Wallace, the new showrunner, has uh, has team. He's turned him graphic novels, and I and I feel that Bob coming through because I felt like this was you know how we 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 said the start of this season really didn't really didn't feel like we had a season premiere until the second episode. Mhm. This episode to me felt like it was like really taking advantage of crisis and really kick it off like Batwoman has a, a good second half of the season building upon the events that happen in crisis and you know it was a, a nice I liked the way they used Diggle. Clearly this was right before he found the, the the the, power, the Green Lantern ring.
0: Bothered um, me so much. Bothered yeah. me so much.
1: Yeah, um, but but uh, but you know it was clear we we're packing up the van to move to metropolis. So I, I like the way that time wise timeline wise they, they got it synced with that. Um but you know Barry I, I like the way it it was a good way for Barry to close out his grief for Oliver. Because, you know, he, they had the mask. He's like, oh, Oliver left me a clue. I got, you know, he's really wanting me to, like, find this mission. I got to, you know, I got to solve this problem. And it was the per Oliver, he, it showed the relationship between Barry and Oliver, and Oliver knowing what, how to help Barry c- overcome his death by sending him on this, this goose chase to Leon
0: Um, Oliver didn't do that.
1: Well, Specter did, but well, it was in his last will of testament. So he... don't he,
0: pull a Barry. Oliver huh? is a sentimental person. How do you get married to Felicity Smoke and not have any empathy whatsoever or uh, care for people?
1: Yeah, but 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 my point is, but that's my point. I mean, he he knew what Barry needed to get over over his death.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't think if if the writers are smart that one um renegade thing with diggle isn't going to get over they, they really need to carry that through the yeah. next half be, because that that was Barry's in constant need of not a father figure but someone who is like him who he can learn from and 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 be the mentor the superhero mentor for him and he's always looking for that. But now he has to take leave. And I think he has a lot of guilt. That's yeah. that's another thing that bothered me, I think, in this episode. Is as much as I like that they really made it, isolated Barry, and made it not about him, or not about this villain of the week. But they they made sure he had some time to reflect on what happened in Crisis and Lost mm-hmm. of Oliver. But he also still it still felt disconnected to me where I, he knows what Oliver did to the point where he really should have some guilt over it because Oliver did a big trade. Like it was Barry yeah. and Iris's family over his own family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, I, I think though, I mean, I, I'm hopeful, hopeful that they will continue that thread through the rest of the season. And, 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 and and maybe they you know maybe they will in the sense that Diggle could be the step in or even you know they really teased that type of partnership or whatever with uh, with potentially with Jefferson Pierce yeah uh, in, in in crisis so hopefully one of those two characters will most likely Jefferson depending on what you know whatever happens with Diggle and and the news if he somehow ends up in a new Superman and Lois show. Um, but you know, maybe they will get that relationship. And I, and I and I see what I agree with you. I, I do hope that they don't just like, okay, we just we, we did the one off. We everything's you know we we dealt with that, and we're not going to deal with the grief anymore or or, or guilt either. anymore. Or I mean,
0: there was a moment on Lee and you where where it was Barry's Barry lost control a little bit to the point mm-hmm. where it even shocked him. And and I thought I thought that was kind of a um, a Easter egg of what is in store for Barry's evolution from this point forward. I also in this episode I actually felt more empathetic and a bigger connection to Cisco, which kind of took me by surprise because. You know, he's upset. He drops Oliver's name and he mentions, like, all of these people. And and I love how, how he explained, like, FYI, guys, we didn't get our duplicates, okay? Yeah. <laughs> There's only still one of each of us. And yeah. yet all of our past enemies are back and probably better and stronger. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, yeah. Well, that- that's clever. I really like that. Totally on point. But as the episode progressed... You also realize the loss. I mean, I'll be the first one to say when Earth 2 went away, I forgot all about Harry. Mm-hmm. And 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 it just did not register for me that 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 character is gone. And we all know that part of the reason why having so many Harrison Wells works is because of what they said in season one between Cisco and Harry or harrison wells as having this weird father and son like dynamic right. and 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 it really hit home in this episode where you see his reaction to nash and then you also you see him um replay an old message from harry and and it is loss like mm-hmm. like that that really i thought that was beautifully done and of course Right as the episode concludes, Cisco's like, "Yeah, I'm going to take the next two episodes off, so I'll see you guys later." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my problem with the Flash. What is up with your scheduling?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I think yeah, I actually see I'm I'm okay with Cisco going away to to find whatever he needs at this point. Because one, the show is very full. <laughs> so,
0: oh, it, another reason why they constantly do this. No, I I agree. It's just it was funny to me how they have these great character moments and then they send that character away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at least, but at least, but I didn't bother me so much with this one because I, I feel like it. it it's not going to be like the you know Wally West going away because one. Our connection with Cisco, I think you, you you just nailed it beautifully there. It's just so much deeper, and he it and he really did articulate the loss that many of us felt because you know people were asking you know whenever Earth Two was destroyed on Arrow, what about Harry and Jesse? Because you know that relationship, particularly between Harry and Cisco, was just so just that I mean it, the sparks just flew when they that whenever they were on screen together. I mean Tom Cavanaugh and, and Carlos just just, just killed it when they played the, played off of each other and so so I think this going away works for me in that you know Cisco you know all the que- you know all the questions that he had you know he had the opportunity to like become vibe again and you know if, if I hadn't given up becoming vibe to begin with you know maybe I could have stopped crisis um, right and so so on the one yeah, so I think it's good for him to go off to explore that and then come back with answers to those things. I don't think we need to like given how crowded this show has gotten, I don't I don't want them to like do short shrift with a lot of exposition or, or four stories of him trying to explore getting answers to those questions because I would find I think I would find as a viewer I would get very frustrated by that. I,
0: I, no, I I I hear you and that's that's another reason why Flash has kind of fallen off course is because characters like Cisco and Caitlyn have over the years become a bit inconsistent and And they will have been their comebacks, but then they'll also have their breaks. And and there's really, it's hard to really understand. Like, I'm sorry for all of you fans of Caitlyn. Frost, this whole frosting still not working for me for the show. Really stupid moment towards the end in that action sequence where the light bullet almost fractures her. And then the person, whatever, it was stupid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Meanwhile, simultaneously, the writers are really good with really nurturing a fairy in his storyline and Iris. Iris had a great episode. Yeah, yeah. This I was her it. episode. Yeah. I, I liked how it was acknowledgement of who she was leading up into Crisis mm-hmm. and now trying to do her own mental reset of, of what her life is considering the thing that she thought she was gonna lose is still around mm-hmm. and and so she went through a whole series of preparations that that now and we tried to warn her I don't know how many times they yelled at me <laughs> I mean, he's gonna be fine
2: Yeah.
0: so so I I don't know maybe she should start listening to the viewers whatever um but but I like that um, great moment between her and Joe and and really, I just want to leave it there because I know you're going to have your 10-minute black lightning rant.
1: No, it won't be 10 minutes. I can I can sum it up there. I mean, I, 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 one last thing as far as the flash before, for me that I that I am looking forward to the reset of with these villains is, I'm hoping that they'll do a better job at utilizing the the classic rogues gallery, even though. It looks like it, they are doing a gender twist with you know from evan mcculloch to eve mcculloch uh, but we're getting the classic mirror master uh and as far as hopefully temperament and those kind of things because i think you know they they have i guess crisis has given them a chance to right the wrongs of some of the prior seasons and and i'm also glad you know we always talk about lack of stakes With this show now that they're you know they don't have the doppelgangers anymore or the extrapolator it's a jump from earth to earth then I'm hoping that uh, that will that will that that changes the game a bit uh, on on this show but uh, but yeah I I I, I'm feeling good about 6b uh, moving forward and speaking of lightning and hopefully capture lightning in the bottle again. So black lightning had a, is quickly coming to, uh, to his conclusion for this third season. Uh, this week we learned several things. We have ASA has a defector who's seeing, you know, who basically last week helped Tobias and Lynn get out of the ASA's bunker. And, um, um, and of course he confronts Jefferson and, um, Anissa about what's going on and Jefferson having to realize that he's got to form an alliance with the ASA to basically save not only Friedland, uh but also hopefully help Glenn as well. Uh, Lynn, on the other hand, is back with Dr. Jace uh, from earlier seasons and uh, they had to forge a, an easy alliance uh, to basically try to prevent the Markovians from uh, cr- creating a bunch of metas. Uh, to To basically take over, take over now the new free Lynn and Earth Prime. So there was, you know, there was really a lot of things going on there with their scenes, especially with Lynn's addiction to green light and and Doctor Jace trying to you know help her deal with those particular issues. So that was that was um, you know that that plot point. Uh, the big thing this episode was. Jen and Khalil. So Khalil, folks, remember, um, he's now painkiller. And um, <clears throat> this episode, he's back. huh? He's, he's back. back. He is back. Yep, as um, painkiller. Yeah, yeah. So he had the ability. Yeah. So basically, the ASA programmed him to, to be a killer. So it was a very like Inception like thing where in this episode, where TC, who's um, a new kid that's come on the scene, that Gamby's taken under his wing, has this ability to basically hack into uh, computer systems and whatnot. And so uh, Khalil had a chip implanted into his head to be able to basically bury the real Khalil in his sub- subconscious. And the painkiller was t- taken, was the alpha in, in, in his brain at this point. So they, you know, it was a lot of tech and a lot of, you know, Babel as far as how to help Khalil but long and short of it uh they were able to put the painkiller uh, personality and you know in, into the box in Khalil's subconscious and was able to get the real Khalil back so uh it really so basically all these supporting characters it, along with Grace Choi she was back um uh, uh, and a couple of the other characters basically are forming the the new outsiders, who are sort of was a group that was from the comics to basically become Jefferson's team
2: mm-hmm. to, to
1: take to, take down the Markovians, which uh, Jefferson did have an allegiance with the Mar- with the A.S.A. and uh, they're going to you know it, they're going to go and on a mission to. You know, one, stop the Markovians, but also to rescue Len, which leads into the uh, next week's episode where we're going to get uh, Gravedigger, who's played by Wayne Brady. Uh, he's going to be showing up on the scene as, as one of Black Lightning's uh, big meta enemies. Uh, he's going to be uh, in, in the next week's episode. So that's that's the Black Lightning recap in, in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, yep. and yep. um, Will is not going to give me a hard time about still
1: no, 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 no. I figured
0: because I redeemed myself with Picard. So yes, yes, all yes. right in our post-crisis world. It that sure is, is for us tonight. Thank you for listening, Will. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Yes, you can find me and and give me all your thoughts on Picard, Flash, and more at Will M Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K.
0: And you can find me at S J Belmont S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. With FYI, guys, guest hosts always available. All you have to do is DM Will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> DM us, DM us at the show account. DM me personally. Uh, yeah, just yeah, we'd love to love to hear from you. I know a lot of you've been interacting with us on the socials. So uh, and- come on. I'm on board.
0: And there's no pressure. I mean, it's as simple as you won't be invited back if you suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But seriously, let us know because we we have have had great guest hosts. And that's part of the reason why I think all of you still listen to this day and more are listening. Um, and if you're ever interested, we we all have to start somewhere. And I know Will and I both just randomly did scene a nerd as a guest host. And now we're, we've taken over the show. So you don't know unless you try it. Um, But if you have some thoughts and if you want to have a conversation, we're always down to talk on our schedules. Um, But back to our ending sign off, please rate, subscribe and comment on Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.